0: Hook 'em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, oh Rose, yes, please. sir.
1: And yes, ma'am, you had better. Wake them up, get them up, get them going Friday on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. That is right. A great weekend on tap. Started last night with Week 4 NFL action. Wasn't much of a game. Detroit statement win at Green Bay. This is indeed a new look Lions team. We'll certainly talk about that. Look forward to Week 4 in the NFL coming up on Sunday. The return of Zeke Elliott. Not wearing a Dallas Cowboys uniform will be weird coming up. Uh, certainly the Texans as well. Also, Safe to say, a pretty darn good weekend of college football on tap, including the Longhorns in a ranked matchup. Might be their only ranked matchup of the year uh, at DKR. We'll preview Texas-Kansas as we count it down. T-minus one day now, also the rest of the Big 12, the rest of college football. And uh, so far, not good. Not good for Team USA at the Ryder Cup. The American team uh, looking to end that drought and and. Road events of the Ryder Cup, not good so far. So we have a lot to talk about. Five hours, our five-hour daily conversation. The only local morning sports conversation is right here on 1019 on AM 1260. Also streaming digitally as easy as we can make it for you on your Horn app. Uh, You're listening and and watching with a touch of a button. Also at our website at hornfm.com. And always on our YouTube channel, which is growing by the day. We appreciate that as well. Uh, just look for At The Horn Austin on YouTube, and you will find us there as well. It's going to be a fun Friday. Five hours kicks off right now. And as we say, a lot to do. And look who it is across the EDS Not my shutdown corner, Rod Babers, who is still out on daddy duty. He is... Uh, but a longtime friend of our show and shows here on the horn, he's our buddy, Monty Williams. Hello, Monty. How you doing, Aaron? Monticello. Hey. I was thinking you, I'm calling you Monticello this morning since it's, they're playing over happened. in Italy. Yeah, in yeah I, know, I know. I'm watching
0: and, the golf. No, and I tell you what, rec- uh, like historic so far, four to nothing. But uh, I, congratulations, Rod. I haven't had a chance to say that yet. Congratulations, Rod. First time, You're Daddy. off and running now. You're yeah. off and running now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he'll be doing those four-hour
1: jogs before our show anymore if he's got uh, uh, infant baby duty for a little while here at least. Uh, But Rod's going to rejoin us tomorrow uh, for our game day coverage down at uh, the Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe. So we'll go live about noon tomorrow to get you ready for Texas, Kansas and uh, all the fun that that should be. Uh, So he's going to take one more morning off, and then I think by next Monday he'll be back in here each and every morning with us on uh, Hook 'Em Up. So we appreciate Nick Shuley the last couple days. Also Mark Higgins came in yesterday and now it's our guy Monty Williams who's in the house and we have a lot to do. Ty Henderson is through the glass and uh as far as I can tell no no early morning calamities. It's been a rough week for for Ty. Lost his keys yesterday, had to steal his roommate's car to get here on time. He had a his flat tire going on. He's got uh wallet losing issues. Ty everything good this morning? All good. Yeah. Did you smooth
2: did you smooth things over with
1: your roommate uh yesterday cuz he was not real happy to wake up and have to get to law school and didn't have a vehicle.
2: Yeah, I walked in uh before I left for little Woodrow's event last night uh to, to grab a headset from my house before I went out there and he he walked out. He's like, "Oh, I just got home." I'm not going to lie. I was pretty pissed off this morning, but we're good now and thanks for the money. And he it, he seemed like he had a few, had a few beers already. You, you
1: Venmoed so. him some cash so you could uh yeah, you I mean, he had he had
2: to call fifty dollars worth of Ubers yesterday. So I, <laughs> I sent him a hundred bucks, a fifty dollar convenience fee for there. Um, Aren't you
0: nice? You lost your wallet and your keys? No, no, no. On, on successive days.
2: I oh. lost my. I found my wallet before I got here, but I was later. I was here later than I usually am because I was just frantically searching around my house for it. And then the next morning, no keys. Key, no keys. It's it's been one I'm of may, those weeks. I'm I'm ready for this week to be over. I'm ready for the weekend. <laughs>
1: Well, we'll uh, we'll get there. That's what Friday's all about, baby. We got, uh, you know, one more day to the weekend, which is should be a great one. It's a great sports weekend, the final weekend of the baseball's regular season. Gut punch lost for the Rangers last night. Uh, they've been playing great, but they've seen this uh, ninth inning problem too many times. And it, uh, you know, hurt them last night. We'll get, Let's get you caught up. If, uh, if that game was late, we got stuff overnight over in Italy. A lot of golf. Let's get you caught up uh, fully as you get up and out on this uh, Friday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Start with the Ryder Cup. And as uh, Monticello mentioned, Team USA looking to end that 30-year drought and Ryder Cups played outside the U.S. And so far, so bad for Team USA at Ryder Cup 2023. An absolute Roman romp this morning in the foursome sessions. Team Europe claiming all four matches to take the, a decisive 4-0 lead after... A half a day, afternoon four-ball matches are underway now. USA looking to bounce back, not get routed here. We'll keep you posted throughout the morning. The uh, As we say, the, the second second match is just underway now, afternoon in Rome. In Texas football, third-ranked Longhorn toes 24th-ranked Kansas tomorrow in a matchup of 4-0 teams at DKR. Recent history is, is an indicator. Offense won't be a problem for Texas tomorrow. They've scored 50 points or more in each of their last three meetings with the Jayhawks, including a 55-14 demolition. Uh, last November in Lawrence. In the two matchups previous to that, however, the defense has allowed 56 and 48 points in a shootout Texas win. And, of course, that brutal overtime loss two years ago with Big 12's preseason offensive player of the year quarterback leading that unique and explosive offense. Safe to say the Texas defense will be tested in this one.
0: Well, I think it's important that we, we play a disciplined brand of football, first of all. I, I think we've got to have great eyes. we got to have great communication. So that we're we're tied on a string, that everybody's working well together, uh, that everybody trusts their keys, what they need to do, and that they can trust the guy next to him, that he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Uh, that that's always important, especially when you start talking about option football. You know, everybody's got to have their rules and, and be dialed into that.
1: No question about that. Two thirty uh, tomorrow. All right, as we send our pregame coverage live at noon from the Mockingbird Saloon on Guadalupe. Texas and Kansas also tomorrow in college football around the state. Baylor, off to that rough start, will visit Central Florida tomorrow. Texas Tech will host Houston. TCU welcomes West Virginia to Fort Worth in a sneaky, important game. Texas A&M with their backup quarterback now, Max Johnson, facing Arkansas up in Arlington that annual... Uh, game there at AT&T Stadium and Texas State off to a good start. They're going to travel to Southern Miss tomorrow night. NFL Week 4 kicked off last night at Lambeau Field. And how about the visiting Detroit Lions posting a statement win and moving to the top of the NFC North. 34-20, to the 20, the uh, Lions beat the Packers after giving up an early field goal after a turnover. Lions absolutely steamrolled Green Bay for the remainder of the first half and led 27-3 to at intermission. They outgained the Packers 260 yards to 31 over the first two quarters. Green Bay pulled to within 10 in the second half with a couple of touchdowns drives, but the Lions responded with a game-ceiling scoring drive capped off by David Montgomery's third rushing touchdown of the game. They improved to 3-1. Full slate of Week 4 action coming up Sunday, including the Texans coming off their first win of the season, hosting the Steelers. Down in Houston at noon and the late afternoon window, the Dallas Cowboys, fresh off their first loss of the year, looking to bounce back. And they'll welcome the New England Patriots to AT&T Stadium. It's a game that will mark the return of former Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott, now playing for the Patriots. it will be odd to see him in a different uniform. Emotional day there, too. It'll be a kick, 325 kickoff in Arlington. Major League Baseball, extremely frustrating night in Seattle last night for the Texas Rangers, up 2-1 to one in the ninth inning and an out away from clinching their first playoff berth in seven years, but Brandon, Brandon Crawford ripped a two-out, two-run double off of Araldis Chapman to rally the homestanding Mariners to a 3-2 walk-off win. Texas still has a magic number of one to clinch the playoffs with three more to go in Seattle. Idle Astros um, will open a series in Arizona tonight. They're a game and a half back in the AL West. Mariners are one game back of Houston in the race for that final AL wildcard spot. Also last night, the Orioles clinched the AL East title in the American League's top seed with their 100th win of the season.
0: Corn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. we will shoot you straight.
1: All right, yeah, not a good start at all uh, for Team USA in the Ryder Cup. We, uh, You know, the, the USA we, with the the roster of players heavily favored in that event, uh, according to Vegas and the odds makers And... All the top twenty players that they sport versus a lot of rookies and a lot of young guys, but man, this was not close early, and uh, the team Europe got exactly what they wanted Monty an early lead uh early statement in Rome, and they went four and and it wasn't close I mean they just dominated every match the u s a and any all four of the and remember foursome matches are are when you play you know alternate shot essentially yeah one one, one member of your team tees off the next guy's got the next shot and on, on so on and so forth. And, um, you know, the USA, I mean, the, the Europeans just dominated. I mean, they just four and three in the first two matches, two and one in the last two, and really a statement on the, the final hole of the final match was Rory McIlroy and uh, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, facing Xander Shoffley, uh, for team USA and team USA was trying to get at least half a point out of that last match. And it was tied at 18 or no. Yeah. At, yeah. Uh, it was par three and, um, Maybe a seventeen. They're trying to get at least half a point in that match. And um Rory McIlroy hit hit one stiff to within like two feet, and it was really the the final nail in the morning coffin. Four nothing, four zip, historic, as you said.
0: Accord yeah, according to my uh Ryder Cup app, which is a great app, um never happened. Yeah, that is that is historic. and uh, uh, team has never gone up on another four o in the first in the there, first there have four been summer. other
1: four o session sweeps
0: but just as you're saying not in the first not, one. not not out of the bat. this is like a boxer coming out and immediately getting knocked down yeah. i mean uh, you Couple know times. <laughs> they're already yeah they're already scrambling right now it's going to be interesting to see but that is a huge huge thing absolutely absolutely huge cliff to climb cliff to climb now and you mean and it starts right now because
1: the uh, the the four ball sessions where you know everybody's playing their own ball uh, all through on both side, on all on all teams all players will play their own ball to the whole and you'll just take the best score every hole. That's underway now, and got to find some points here. I mean, you certainly can't bury yourself on day one. Uh, with the Ryder Cups. We'll keep you posted as they go. I'll see if they can bounce back here, and obviously we'll keep you posted uh, and updated as we go. Also looking forward to the big weekend. We'll start to preview the Longhorns. Go behind that burn orange curtain in this first hour here from Sark. Had his uh, weekly Thursday availability, so we'll uh, get, where, get where his his pulse is on this game with the Kansas Jayhawks. Mentioned the offense shouldn't be a problem. This is an improved Kansas defense, so I don't know if the Longhorns are going to find the 50-point you know, category as they have each of the last three times against the Jayhawks, but you know, this offense, you know, played, their, played their, their best, you know, first half of football, I thought, in the Baylor game. We'll see if they can pick that up and run with it here. So we're from Sark coming up. And, man, got to mention that uh, Detroit Lions performance last night on Thursday Night Football. That was, that was pretty damn impressive. I mentioned the stat yesterday that in the last 32 years, Monty, all the way back to 1991, the Detroit Lions have only won four times in 32 tries at Lambeau Field. Uh, they've been a bad organization, obviously, bad team for a lot of that stretch over three-plus decades. But uh, this was not even... This was just... Kind of like the Europeans against the USA this morning. This was just like get out of my way, uh, shove them around last night. That was impressive uh, and concerning for the Packers, but certainly impressive for the Detroit Lions, who look like they have announced them that they are not just a kind of a trendy team in the NFC. They might actually be a real contender uh, for the NFC with the way they can run the ball and play defense.
0: Well, things have set up really well for for Detroit too. I mean, you know the fact that the Vikings have had just such terrible luck in their in their first few games and. I'll, some some wags are already calling, you know, Detroit the, the that winner, you know, that they're going to win the Central. Uh, they they look strong this year. They really look strong. And man, it's going to be a long gray autumn in Green Bay. It looks like. Well, and Jordan Love, they're just off to bad starts. Remember last week against
1: the Saints, they were down seventeen nothing, and then somehow rallied to win that game in the fourth quarter, eighteen uh, seventeen. They're just a you know, obviously it's not an Aaron Rodgers led team any no. longer. We know that and. Uh, they're they still trying to find their way. Last night. They were I... terrible. I mean, they were terrible. I mean, it was like, I mean, I mentioned the stat 260 yards to 20 or 30 <laughs> yards total. I mean, the first drive of the game, the Lions turned the ball over. And, you know, they couldn't. They didn't move the ball and had to kick a field goal. That was their only points of the first half. They did show some life in the third quarter with those two touchdown drives. Got it back to within 27-17. But still, uh, that's when the Lions really just said, okay, let's go shove this down your throat again and put it in the end zone. That's the thing about Dan Campbell's team. You know, teams take on the, uh, you know, the personality of their coaches over time. I think we're seeing that with Sarkin, Texas. And, you know, Dan Campbell's a tough guy. Dan Campbell's a, a you know, former NFL tight end, former Texas AM star. And he's just a he's a tough dude who's 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 gonna who wants to push you around. And but they've combined the physicality and one of the league's premier offensive lines and now emerging defensive line with uh, you know one of the top offensive coordinators, top young offensive coordinators in football. Jared Goff has been reclamated, the former number one overall pick and who fell out of favor with the Rams. He's playing some really good football. Uh, yeah, especially when he's got play action, and I think that's what we've learned about golf. Right? He's not, he's not uh, Patrick Mahomes by any means. Right? He's not, uh, you know, that elite level of quarterback. But if you give him a strong running game and, and weapons like they have there, I mean, and and a lot of play action which they do for him, he's very effective. I mean, we saw that when when Jared Goff was at Cal when he came in here to Austin. And threw little, you know, laser beams all over D.K.R. He can throw the ball. Uh, he can really, you know, accurately. And um, he looked good last night. Uh, but again, this was more about just the total, you know, dominance defensively, holding the, uh, the the Packers just throwing a blanket over them in the first half, giving your offense short fields, and they punched it in. That was equal equal parts impressive for Detroit and concerning for the Packers, who now fall to two and two. But remember, in that division, Monty. The Vikings are 0 3 and the Bears are 0 3. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, the Vikings and the, the Vikings what did last year they start 11 and 0? The Vikings did. Well, yeah. they, well the, the Eagles started 11-0.
1: Vikings had a I don't know if they were 11 and 0, but they
0: were really they good. they were they were really I mean it's just they they've they have been on the short end of every single break. I think they've had seven fumbles and lost all seven. That that's rare. Yeah. to to lose that many and uh when they had you know. that
1: good luck last year when they were yeah. winning all those yeah. one score games they had a lot of good fortune and as we said to start the season the uh um you know the team most likely to regress for, to the mean was was Minnesota because they had a kind of a lot of fluky wins they won 13 games last year uh, but got beaten in the playoffs by the giants and uh, there's already talk of would they trade Kirk Cousins if they continue to lose because he's in the last year of his deal. Jets need a quarterback. All that speculation will perk up. But their best player, Justin Jefferson, best receiver in the game, said that yesterday, hey, look, we're fine. As Monty said, if we stop fumbling the ball, we're going to start winning some games. And that division, although Detroit looks like the, the, you know, the best team uh, in it, uh, Vikings you know, feel like they can climb back in. But we'll see. This is a big week for them as well. So
0: I believe I heard that Kirk Cousins is the top-rated quarterback so far. He's been great. Yeah. Well, I was it's, just just, looking.
1: it's remarkable. They're 0-3. I was just looking at my Fantasy Football League stats, and he's the leading scorer in our Fantasy Football League so far through three weeks. But, yes, those fumbles. Remember? I mean, seven fumbles. Uh, they're moving the ball, they're, but they're not converting because they're turning the football over with Minnesota. So that's the other contender in that division, but they're 0-3. I just don't see the Packers being dynamic enough uh, to really be there. The Lions just made a statement last night. Cause I, that, that, to me, last night – you know, and now they've won three straight over the Packers, including the last two last year against Aaron Rodgers. Remember, they eliminated uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers from potential make, potentially making the playoffs last year late with their win at Lambeau Field. Now they've gone back in and beaten them at Lambeau Field to start this year. And my question for them now is, you know, where do they stand in the NFC hierarchy? Right, because you know you have San Francisco, Philadelphia. You know, Dallas is going to try to get up off the uh, the deck and, and respond to their Cardinals loss. We feel like they're in that mix, and has Detroit. Put themselves into that conversation that, that that that's a group come playoff time if they stay healthy and actually get healthy. Remember, Ty, you know this that the Lions are three and one on top of the division. And here in a couple of weeks, they're gonna get their their speed receiver Jameson Williams back, the kid out of Alabama who was hurt last year and then came back at the end and made an impact. Then he got suspended for the uh, online gambling thing, right? During training camp, he's got he's one of the guys suspended for six games. Uh, so he'll come back and got add another weapon to that offense. Uh, to go with the improved defense that we're seeing. Well, think about that for the Lions, Ty. They've already got wins at Kansas City and at Lambeau Field to start this season. Their home loss was an overtime loss to, to the Seahawks, but a great start for Dan Campbell's team. They may be in that mix with the top three teams in the NFC.
2: I'm not ready to put them there yet, but the defense is very much improved from last year, and that run game is dominant.
1: Yeah. And they they remember they gave up Jamal Williams, who was the leading touchdown scorer last year, and they added David Montgomery, took him away from the Bears, the former Iowa State running back, and he looks great in that offense. But it's really predicated on that offensive line. I mentioned, and we talk about the best offensive line units in, in pro football. I think you're talking about the the Niners. The Eagles and the Lions. It's no surprise that they're, and I think the Cowboys is pretty good when they're healthy, but the Cowboys were missing three guys last week. We'll see if they can get some of those dudes back for the Patriots game on Sunday. I think the Chiefs have a very good offensive line. Again, you know, what's been, what's been yes, Texas has a better quarterback now, but what's been the turn for the Longhorns? They're finally getting their lines of scrimmage under control. For the last 10, 12 years, the offensive lines have been bad, and now they're becoming big, big humans and more physical and better up front, and we're seeing. You know better results for Texas. I think that's it's still the overlooked factor of football by too many, Monty. Well, that if you can win the line of scrimmage like the Detroit
0: Lions do, you'll be in every game. You know, I I mean, is it the weakest division in football? Yeah, the the NFC Central, North, um, the North, and the North. I mean, is, uh, is it the weakest? I think so. I think so. I mean, the Bears are just a boat anchor, and and you know they've got they've got problems in Minnesota keeping the ball and. Green Bay didn't look we'll good. Think,
1: well, think about it. Atlanta, New Orleans, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all have winning records in the South. I would have said the South maybe to start the year, but uh, so far through three years and f- into week four, um, Detroit's the only winning team in that division. Packers are two and two. So, yeah, I would say it's the weakest division, certainly in the NFC. Um, so, I mean, for sure. And that's where Detroit can kind of run away with that division yeah. potentially. Yeah. I, I mean, th- if everybody else is, you know, I well, mean. And the one thing I would say if I were in Minnesota, and I'm not. If I were a fan, I would say we haven't played the Lions yet. You know, if we can get these fumbles under control, we still have two head-to-heads with Detroit, and we can make up some ground pretty quickly there. They don't actually play Detroit until, uh, gosh, when's their first matchup with the? uh, I think
2: they have two games at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, they do. They have one. They're both in December. Wow. Two games are like two weeks separated. They played December twenty-fourth, Christmas Eve against uh, against the uh, the 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 Detroit the Minnesota Vikings. Then they played January seventh, the last week of the regular season at Ford Field. So, yeah, they don't even see the Vikings until two of their last three football games, so uh but by that point, will the or the Vikings even be within shouting distance becomes the question if they keep losing games to start this season because they they've got a very uh winnable game this week with Carolina. They go to Carolina to play Bryce Young, who I think's coming back. Have you heard of Bryce Young update coming back for the Panthers? Uh, I think he is. I think he's coming back. Remember, Andy Dalton got to start last week. So, what Carum, was
2: what was his issue initially? It was a lower body?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, leg injury of some kind for the number one overall draft pick out of Alabama. So that's a, that's a that can be a Minnesota win there. Then they cl- play Kansas City. Then they play the Bears. Then they play San Francisco. So Minnesota's got a tough slot. A couple of winnable games, but they could find themselves way back. But there's uh, your lead with the uh, NFL, the Ryder Cup, uh, not good so far. And we'll keep you posted in the uh, the afternoon sessions. It's morning for us, but it's afternoon in Rome. Outside of Rome. you ever been to Rome? Never. Never? <laughs> Never been to Italy. Yeah, um, Beautiful. This is a great oh. golf course. They played the last three Italian Opens on this course outside Rome. So looking, looking good. Weather looks great, by the way. Sun's out and uh, wearing shirt sleeves and everybody looks, uh, looks like a beautiful day in Italy. And uh, so far, not a beautiful day for Team USA. Also, a tough loss for your Rangers last night, Ty. Not a good, not a good at the worst possible time. Those bullpen issues that have been such a, a problem all year but but haven't been of late cropped back up. And, uh, I mean, look, the Mariners are, were on life support with two outs in the ninth inning. I mean, their season's about over at that point. That's a huge rally. That's one of those you, you don't want to give a team life. They had a chance to step on the neck and um, Aroldis Chapman gave up the uh, the the ringing double with two outs and
0: He's really either amazing or terrible. <laughs> There's no in between with them. Is, is there a way that they can that the Mariners can still thread the needle and win the division? Well if they, if went they, out,
1: yeah, they went out. Yeah, they went out. they sweep the four games from the Rangers for sure, they would still need the Astros going to say to lose onions. a couple in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, well the because Astros didn't play last night. They after taking they two out of three left? in Seattle, they have 3 left. 3 left. There were 3 games to go uh in, for everybody. At this point in Major League Baseball, Astros took last night off. Um, Mariners and Rangers opened that four-game series, and uh, you know the, uh, the 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 three straight in uh, the, the weekend with the Mariners. By the way, Jonathan Hernandez gave up the uh, the ringing double. They had taken Araldis Chapman out for to face uh, Brandon Crawford last night. So I'm sorry to Araldis, but he started the problem.
2: Started he himself. got the loss. <laughs> he got the him. loss. I'm not, I
1: Hernandez did, got the blown save. I did not watch the game, if I'm being honest. Oh, gosh, it was, <laughs> I, did, I promise you, I didn't stay up. I, it was. It We did our little Woodrose event yesterday out on Parmer Lane, which was a lot of fun. Good to see out there Ty and all the folks that came out to to say hi, get ready for Texas football. I won that signed Steve Sarkeesian autographed football, which was fun. Some college football tickets we gave away there. And um, then, yeah, I got home and watched a little bit of that. Most, the Lions game was over at halftime. And then
2: I, then I, so I, there was, I was not staying up past midnight to watch
1: the Rangers and Mariners.
2: So I, would... I went to Deep Eddie for a little bit. Deep Eddie, how was the cabaret last night? It was good. My, our guy, Jacob Standard, came out there with me.
1: My man, Jake, our digital Boy. producer here, doing all the, the fun digital once, stuff for once us. Once you
2: get at least one beer in him, it's pretty easy to convince him mm-hmm. to. To come, Always to, come one of to the those. bar, yeah.
0: I've been there in a long time, and I remember going, I, we had a routine. We'd go down and swim 80 laps and then come up and drink eight beers.
1: <laughs> 80 laps for eight beers. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, in uh, those are the Springs days. or in the uh, Deep Eddy? No, no, in Deep Eddy. we swim right at Deep Eddy, walk up, and just start drinking that cold beer.
1: There you go.
2: That's a good one. That's a good uh, move right there. That's a nice one. Maybe you should try that, Ty. Get yourself back in shape a little bit. I still never have been to the Deep Eddy pool. Oh, great lap pool. Really? Yeah. Is it like an actual pool?
0: Oh well, yeah. It's a it's a it's a square cement sided pool with I think I think it's some weird distance, but uh you know, it's like a hundred feet or something like that. But uh yeah, great for laps. And, and it's um, great spring for fed, swims. right? So it's Spring
1: fed just like Barton Springs, very yep. cold.
0: Yeah. Not not We're as refreshing. cold as Barton Springs, but no, it's great. It's great. You get you get uh you get a nice workout. And it was never I mean, it was never a problem getting the lane when I went. Of course that was back when the city was only, you know, 400,000 people, <laughs> not 2 million. This <laughs> is way back in the day.
1: <laughs> I, I doubt you could get a lane today you know, with uh, I 2 million people yeah, probably flocking not. here. I can't tell you. You've been to the Deep Eddy Cabaret 100 million times. You've never walked back to the pool?
2: I mean, that's where I park. I park in that
0: parking lot. Everything. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but you've never gone through the gates. Do nope. you know how to swim? Yes, I know to swim. Well, I, some people
0: don't. You know, I mean, I, I wonder if you I'm, were one of those people that didn't know how to swim.
2: I'm a lake rat, Monty. Come on. Oh, okay. That's right, he is. So you know how to boat. He, he mooches. Well, he mooches
1: off other people with a boat. That's good. I understand. It, it's better to have friends with boats than you have a boat. I, I firmly believe that.
0: Are you guys familiar with uh, Nate Bargatze? Oh, the yeah, the comedian. comedian? Very yeah. funny. He has a hilarious deal about boats, about <laughs> being out of the boat before I was just... <laughs> a lot of that going on. A lot of that, a lot of that. Monty Williams hanging out. Uh, we appreciate him.
1: Rod will be back tomorrow. And uh, wishing he and, uh, and Mel very all the best as they uh, begin their early infant stage. I think they went home from the hospital on Thursday and now they're getting settled. You know how that goes, Monty. It's way back for you and me, but uh, Rod doing it for the first time. We'll come back. We'll hear from Sark. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. All things Texas, Kansas. Sark always does a Thursday Zoom availability to get the very latest week of practice. Looking forward to Kansas. We'll get uh, Sark's thoughts coming back. Plus, before the end of the hour, some what the facts to get you rolling on a Friday. Glad you're with us. You're on Hook'em Up.
0: Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Hook'em up. 101.9 AM 1260. The Horn.
1: Yeah, tough overnight for uh, the Texas Rangers. It was a tough night for the Green Bay Packers. It was a tough overnight for the Texas Rangers and their fans. And then really tough overnight for Team USA and the Americans at the Ryder Cup. Historically bad start. They lost all four matches this morning. Meanwhile, the Texas Rangers. How about the... uh, I still think this is going to end fine for the Rangers, but boy, this is one of those—you're a screenwriter, Monty—and like the compelling drama. But uh, consider this: that Seattle down two to one in the ninth elimination is—is is if they lose this game, if they don't get something going here, they're going to be out. Uh, I guess they could technically still catch Houston, but as far as you know, catching the Rangers, Rangers could have clinched a playoff berth, almost put the Mariners out of their misery. Uh, three outs to go, and the Seattle's facing Errolds Chapman. They put the first three runners on with a couple of hits and a walk. Then they go to the bullpen. The Rangers bring in uh, Jonathan Hernandez, who gets a couple outs. Um, Retired a pinch hitter, uh, Mike Ford, and then uh, Josh Rojas fouled out for the second out. So now you're okay. Maybe we can get out of this. And that's when uh, Brandon Crawford uh, ripped a double, scored two runs, walk-off win, Mariners win, stay alive. Uh, We said this whole thing with the AL West and the wild card is going to go to the last day. And feeling like it is at this point that that could have been prevented by that I think even the Astros would have liked to see oh, that last no night no question just to uh you know you know gain a, you know go you know, get two full games up on the Mariners in the wild card giving them a little cushion going into Arizona cuz Arizona is in the mi- you know midst of a wild card battle in the National League of their of their own so these are going to be dogfight games for Houston who have been much better on the road than they have at home that's the one piece that they like and that you know the Ranger fans know that even though they're about to clinch the division and get back to the playoffs, that bullpen has been their Achilles uh, all year. Really, and they uh, cropped up at the wrong time.
0: Real interesting, you know, as 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 the season wraps up, man, there have been some interesting things. I can't abide the Cardinals being in the cellar, but I'm I'm really happy for the Orioles. And, I mean, they, they won their 100th game, clinched the division. You oh. know, it's I think it's great to have the Orioles back and relevant. Yeah, they had the, the brief stretch there with Mike
1: Mussina and uh, Kurt Schilling and those uh, Kurt, in the beginning of Kurt Schilling's career uh, where they were pretty good and contending, but they still couldn't beat the Yankees because nobody could beat the Yankees back then. Yep, uh, Those were the great Derek Jeter teams, the Joe Torre teams. Um, but, yeah, you go all the way back to Earl Weaver in the eight,
0: in the, oh, seven, yeah. the 70s oh, when yeah. I was a kid. And and Earl, I mean, uh, Brooks Robinson just passed. Yes, he yeah, did. Those were great, great well, teams. Well, when I was – I mean, last time they won 100 games
1: – it you was were 1980. Born? Well, I was eight years old. I was eight, <laughs> okay. but I remember because I was growing up in Northeast Ohio in Cleveland, and you know, so it's Yankees, but the Orioles were were the team, right? I mean, they're really good. Yep, I just remember that, and then uh, you know, they've been so bad for so long, but uh, now they're the top team, top seed, hundred wins. Uh, Braves are heavily favored over in the National League. They're really good. Astros, Rangers, Mariners still fighting it into the final weekend of the regular season. We mentioned the uh, Ryder Cup. I mean, uh, it couldn't have gone worse. Uh, heavily favored, but how about this? Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, the good buddies. They got your guy, Sam Burns. Ty, you you tip back some cold beers with Sam Burns down on UT campus, West Campus. Um, the uh, the Scheffler Burns tandem lost to John Rahm and Terrell Hatton, four and three. Uh, Homa and Harmon lost to Hovland and Aberg, four and three. Fowler and Morikawa lost to Straka and Lowry, two and one. And then Cantlay and Shoffley uh, lost to McElroy and Fleetwood, two and one. So not
2: good at all. I saw a picture yesterday. I, I meant to send it to you of Sam Burns, and I had a few I had a few separate people send it to me and be like, I literally thought this was you of all them at the because he has oh, a mullet, nice. he has a mullet right now too. Oh, he's wearing,
1: he's he's rocking the waterfall man. It is sweet. It is really sweet. <laughs> he copied my style, Sam. Come on, he did, he did, he did. Hey, we're gonna go behind the burn orange curtain coming up. We'll get some Texas football talk. We'll also uh, get some what the facts. But you know, what we need to do. We need to call our friend Bill Shoning, uh, the voice of the former voice of the Longhorns, current voice of the San Antonio Spurs. We're going to preview a get his thoughts on the big trade that went down this week with Dame Lillard down in Milwaukee, Buck, uh, the, the, uh, the 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 you know the development that came down, plus the Suns and the uh, Portland Trailblazers in rebuild mode now. But it felt like all three teams did well. We also have Victor Wenbanyama mania perking up down in San Antonio, Jose Camp, and also our friend Bill Shoning. Has a gig at the Saxon Pub. Yeah, yeah. Coming up Sunday night. A,
0: he's got a record release and a book coming out. I think. Yeah, I'm a little
1: eager to to, to dive in with the the art the artist known as Bill Shonen. Are we have? You're he's having coming on Bill right on now. Today. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, I I texted Bill early in the week. I said, "Okay, can you come on?" He said, "Early first hour is going to be my best." And uh, you know, so I said, "All right, well, let's do it. Let's talk about this Saxon Pub gig. Let's talk some, and then the trade comes down." So we're cranked up with uh, well Bill Shoning. We'll put him on here here in a moment. Uh, we will get the uh, Sark sound coming. Monty Williams is here. Uh, can we go to that Vaqueros hotline? A very familiar voice to those here in Austin, Texas, and wherever you're listening all over the world, voice of the Spurs, former voice of your Texas Longhorns, our friend Bill Shoning. Hello, Bill.
3: Hello there Aaron very good to hear from you this morning
1: how are you buddy how are things i i i'm I mean, uh, i'm sure you're eagerly anticipating the start of the nba season but maybe even more your uh, your your gig at the saxon pub sunday night tell us all about it
3: well, it, it's Sunday afternoon at three o'clock, actually, and uh, the door's going to open at two o'clock. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the upcoming season and also this little gig. You know, I've been writing songs uh, ever since we worked together back at the the zone years and years ago, right? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's just, it's just a fun little side thing that I do. It's not a it's not a side career. It's just a hobby. But um, I write these songs. I've got some good musicians to play with, and um, you know, during COVID, Aaron, I wrote a book called Story, Sports, and Songs because, as you know. Uh, the games stopped and I'm a play by play guys. I even had a backup plan in case that happened to do college baseball, but college baseball shut down too during COVID. So uh, it it was kind of a tough time as far as, you know, doing games. So I had plenty of time on my hands. So I sat down and wrote a 300 page book. I didn't think it would be that long, but uh, anyway, we wrote that and and released it last year and I've had some success with it. So I appreciate that. So I'm going to sell a few books uh, out there and sign a few at the, uh, at the CD release party as well. So uh, just trying to be, you know, creative and stay busy uh, during this period of time where I'm not working that much. And, and you mentioned the season coming up. Uh, Media Day is Monday. And, uh, of course, the big anticipation with Victor Wembanyama and, and the excitement in San Antonio with the Spurs uh, trying to, you know, turn things around and, and uh, start with this new group of guys.
1: Well, tell us about the, uh, the book. I mean, that sounds uh, interesting. I'm mean, knowing you as long as I have and all the stories and hearing you tell stories. And now the stories that you write down for songs. I mean, uh, what, how did you bring this, this, this 300 page plus book together?
3: Well, what I try to do, Aaron, instead of writing one long story about my life, I just wrote a bunch of short stories about things that happened in my life. And a lot of it is the radio career, obviously. You know, for ten years, I kind of labored in small markets, paying my dues and uh, doing La Mesa High School and Sam Houston State uh, and uh, traveling the back roads of Texas. You know, so uh, there's a lot of fond memories actually, because crazy things happen in small market radio because you got to do eight million different things. You know, and then of course, you know, with my years with the Longhorns and with the Spurs, I've had a chance to, you know, meet a lot of interesting people. Uh, There's stories in the book about, you know, Larry Bird and uh, Rick Majerus and Billy Tubbs and, uh, you know, just all kinds of interesting people that I've met along the way, interviews I've done with them and uh, just little sidebars and side notes and uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with the Spurs during the Manu Schnobli, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan era and uh, just a lot of stuff that, you know, that happened during that period of time. So uh, when I sat down to write the book, I had no idea it was going to be 300 pages, but I just kept going. So there's like 101 stories uh, in the book.
0: Interested in uh, optioning, you know, for for screen rights?
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think my story is interesting enough for a film. uh, But uh, I did have a friend that told me that uh, he likes to read it at night. Uh, because uh, it puts him right to sleep. So so, so the new ad campaign for the book will be, you know, forget drugs, forget sleep aids, just read Shoning's book and you'll be asleep in
0: five minutes. (laughs) But the music will wake you right back up. That's right. That's right.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the the things I did in the book was, uh, I I guess I put down about 12 or 13 songs. I've written close to 30 songs now, uh, but I put the lyrics in the songs. Uh, and stories about each of the songs that I wrote. Uh, I'm very, very lucky obviously here in Austin. There's so many great musicians. I'm a big, big music fan, so uh, I'm really more of a a fan sitting on one side of the stage than the other. This is a rare opportunity for me to get up on stage, but I'm a big fan of the Saxon Pub. I'm a regular there, especially during the off season, and you know, Aaron, last few years the Spurs have made the playoffs, so the off season has been longer, Uh, so it's given me an opportunity to write more music and listen to more music and kind of absorb what's going on in the music scene, and my favorite club is always been the Saxon Pub uh, down there on South Lamar. So Joe Abel's the owner there, uh, said, hey, man, why don't we do a little CD release party and we'll do it in the afternoon. And uh, so it's it's a Sunday, the final uh, Sunday before I start back up, you know, because media day, as I mentioned, is Monday uh, with the Spurs.
1: Yeah. And you sent me some tracks off the new CD. We'll try to play some of those this morning for some rejoins and uh, get some folks out there. It's Sunday afternoon. So you can, you know, come come check it out. Keep an eye on the Cowboys game because they do have TVs in in (laughs) some of the areas there at Saxon (laughs) Pub. (laughs)
3: <laughs> they have TVs in the Saxon pub in fact the the last time i went to the saxon uh, was um the night that the um, Cowboys played, I guess it was Sunday night. So uh, I was listening to music, but there was people in the back cheering for the Cowboys or uh, cheering against uh, what was happening in that game. By <laughs> the way, because the Cardinals won. But uh, yeah, the the, the Saxon's just a, an awesome place, and uh, yeah, you can you can watch the game in the back, but I'd encourage you to listen to the music in the front.
1: Tell us about the CD. The book is one, but the 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 book, it's J- Bill Shoning and friends at the Saxon Pub Sunday afternoon sounds like a delightful way to spend your Sunday. What uh, what what are the songs about? What are the what's the latest uh, writings of Bill Shoney?
3: Well, I wrote, mo- most recent song uh, I wrote about my mom. Uh, she passed away when I was only uh, 20 years old, uh, and I just got to thinking about her lately. You know, sometimes when you get older, I'm 64 now, you start reflecting on the people that had an influence on you, and obviously my mom Uh, Never missed a ball game. I played nine years uh, organized baseball. She never missed a game, you know. So uh, I I just thought about her. She was Irish, so I wanted kind of an Irish feel to the song. So that's a lot of them are personal songs. One's about growing up in southwest Philly, which is a great neighborhood to grow up in. Uh, A lot of sports, obviously, uh, in Philly. A big, big passionate sports town. That's one of the reasons I got into sports because I grew up in uh, such a passionate sports town. And uh, there's a song about my favorite English teacher when I was in (laughs) high school because, uh, uh, believe it or not, he, he was one of those guys. It encouraged everybody to to write. And I think writing is very important. Aaron, you'd agree with me, I'm sure, on this. Uh, a big part of what we do in radio is writing. Yep. Uh, on the sports side, the news side, of course, I had to do news for 10 years early in my career and pay my dues. So, um, you know, he really encouraged us to write. So he was a really uh, big, important influence uh, on me. And I think the, the most fun song, though, is a basketball song called Ballers from Istanbul. In 2014, the Spurs played a preseason game in Istanbul, Turkey, against a team called Fenerbahce Ulker And you can imagine how difficult those names were were a bunch of Eastern <laughs> European names, Serbians, Slovenians, Turks, you know, Greeks. So uh, I, I said, How am I going to learn these names? So I wrote a reggae song to the beat of all these names uh, Malay Mamatolu, Nemanja Bialica, Sarhat Satan, all these crazy names. So we just kind of put it into a reggae song, and I think. I think, Aaron, it's the only reggae song ever written about a Turkish basketball team.
0: I gotta think. I, mean, I, can, I think you can expand that past reggae. <laughs> <Yeah>. Actually, <laughs>
3: can't be many. <laughs> hey, how's Carl? Carl's doing great. You know, he's he's doing a lot of broadcasting right yes, now is. down in the San Antonio area mostly. Uh, he's doing UTSA volleyball and soccer, and he's also producing the live stream. So he gets there super early, uh, has guys working under him where he sets up the cameras and, and the entire live stream for ESPN+. So he's doing volleyball and soccer for UTSA, and he's doing the home football games for UIW, for Incarnate Word. So uh, he's staying very, very busy. He still does the Austin Spurs. Uh, he's been broadcasting them since uh, 2017, the G League affiliate. And uh, the Austin Spurs should be a lot of fun to watch this year because I think they're going to have some young guys uh, that uh, you know will be uh, developing there uh, before they're ready to step into the rotation with the parent club.
1: Bill Schoning with his voice of the Spurs. It's a media day on Monday, so the season is here. But he also his uh, show at Saxon Pub. Uh, Bill Schoening and Friends and a CD release and a book release coming up on Sunday afternoon right there on South Lamar. Bill, real quick, just your thoughts on uh, the Dame Lillard trade to the Bucks, and just what an impactful move that is on top of everything else that's happened this offseason in the NBA.
3: Yeah, I think it's a great move for the Bucks. However, I do believe they gave up a lot. I think that Drew Holiday is a very, very valuable player his defense, his leadership. Uh, all the different uh, intangibles that he brings to the table. I, I love Dame Lillard. He's a great player. He's going to average 30 a game for the Bucks. Uh, but I think that people might be sleeping on the fact that the Bucks are really going to miss the leadership uh, and the locker room presence and all the things that he does on the floor as well. Of Drew Holiday, one of the most underrated players in the league, in my opinion.
1: And uh, the one by Vic, Victor Wemby, the Wemba uh, um, uh, you know, uh, just swarm is about to begin. Have you got to be around the big man? And uh, what, what do you think? I mean, you're going to get to, you've called some amazing runs with these Spurs and the Tim Duncan era and, uh, you know, all the championships. This one's going to be uh, a, a real fun ride, I think, to, to watch this young guy develop.
3: I'm very excited, Aaron, but one of the things I want to tell people when I finally get on the air down in San Antonio, uh, and by the way, the first preseason game was October 9th at Oklahoma City, uh, is just to remind everybody that he's 19 years old. I mean, there's great expectations for him. I think he's going to have an unbelievable career, but he seems to be such a good guy. You know, he's very, very humble. He, he's confident, uh, but he appears to be very humble. He obviously is uh, uh, taking to San Antonio like a duck to water. I mean, he's just loving it down there, and and the people are embracing him. Uh, but now the real work begins, although they've been working in the preseason uh, doing their uh, open workouts. Now, of course, the formal workouts begin on Tuesday after media day on Monday. So I really do believe uh, that he's got a bright future, and there's a got, lot of good young talent around him. Uh, but uh, it, it's going to be one step at a time. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, uh, but I do believe that uh, they've got a bright future with this guy because he's going to be so versatile.
1: One-time voice of the Longhorns for more than a decade, he's a member of the uh, Texas Radio Hall of Fame and the current voice of the San Antonio Spurs. Also a musician and now a published author, uh, man of all a jack of all trades. And our good friend Bill Shoning. <laughs> hey Bill, look, good luck with the event on Sunday, and uh, we'll, we'll check in again as the season gets going. Can't wait! We can't wait to uh, check out the book and uh, hear the new record.
3: Hey Aaron, I really appreciate the time this morning. Thanks very
1: much. All right, Bill Shoning, there you go. About that, doing a lot of things. COVID gave us a lot of time to do things like that. And then now he gets off seasons off. He, he used to have to do his job all the way into like June. Yeah.
0: With NBA Finals. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I, I, I imagine there was nobody happier in the building than him when, when, when Victor. Oh, yeah. Uh, what uh, a jolt. Got the. Uh, yeah. When you I know, was hoping. When they, the and, was, and of course, it was up.
1: between the Spurs and Rockets. And yeah. The
0: Rockets didn't get it. But uh, that'll be
1: fun to watch. Can't wait to see Wemby 70 miles down the road. And of course, of the Spurs will play two games at the Moody Center. The end of the end of the end of their regular season here, so those tickets sold out quickly to see the uh, the French sensation. We'll come back, get you some what the facts, including the very latest from the Ryder Cup, which is not good for the Stars and Stripes if you're paying attention. Also, the other big facts of a morning: Detroit dominates the Packers last night. We'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian coming up behind the burn orange curtain. It's Friday on Hook 'em Up.
2: Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers,
0: Austin, Texas, Sports, The whole.
1: Statements made last night and overnight for sure, the Detroit Lions made a statement to, to the rest of the NFC North that uh, they plan to reign supreme. You know, the uh, Lions have played three non-division games to start the season, beat the Chiefs, lost to the Seahawks. That's a conference game, not a division game, and then um, beat the Falcons. But this was their first division game. The Lions are now 6-0. and in their last six divisional games, and uh, that's what it's about. You build your team, you scout your team to get ready to win your division. So far, so good for Detroit. And uh, David Montgomery, how about these uh, in our What the Fact segment, Monty? Uh, that was David Montgomery's third career game with 100 yards rushing at Lambeau Field. Did it with him when he was a bear a couple of times. And uh, only Walter Payton, Adrian Peterson, and Barry Sanders. Good grief, name-dropping. Yeah. Look at those. Payton, Peterson, Sanders. Have recorded more 100-yard rushing games at Lambeau Field for a visiting player all time. <sighs> it's safe to say. And it, all the fantasy owners out there are frustrated if you have Jameer Gibbs on your team, <laughs> the rookie out of Alabama who gets, like, no run. And David Montgomery. You're one of those been, people, aren't you? In one of my leagues, yes. Yeah, it's frustrating, but uh, you—what are you going to do, David Montgomery? They signed him to the contract. He replaced Jamal Williams, and they didn't pay him to not give him the ball, and he's been great. He's been outstanding behind that really, really good offensive line. Also, this—speaking uh, of fantasies and gambling and things—tie the uh, Texas-Kansas game opened as a twenty-point spread. It's down to sixteen. It's uh, money's coming in on Kansas. I do think good. the twenty-point number is a little high. I mean, I think right around sixteen. To, I mean, look, this game—if Texas can cover it, I think they're going to win the game tomorrow. Uh, but I do think Kansas is a legitimate, you know, top 20, top 25 to kind of team. And the Longhorns are catching them early. Last year, they caught Kansas late, last second to last game of the year. And Kansas, even, you know, the the remarkable job that Lance Leipold has done there, they, they still don't have the depth, right? They still had, especially last year. And then they took some injuries. Remember, uh, Kansas started 4-0 last year, too. And then the injuries kick in. Jalen Daniels got banged up, and uh, they just... And they just can't. They don't re- re- replenish their their starters very well. And Texas caught them at the end of the year and just beat the daylights out of them fifty five fourteen. This is a healthier and deeper Kansas team. So I do think by, for that nature it'll be a better game. But I do think Texas is a lot better this year than they were last year too, Monty.
0: Oh, I do, I do. I, and they're they're, uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Catalan. I know that a lot of people think you know he's not playing enough, but uh, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he's going to be crucial given the way Kansas runs their offense. I mean, they do a lot of option stuff. They do a lot of, you know, running to the sidelines. And Daniel's such a great dual-threat guy. And, I, I mean, I think the pressure's going to be on Catalan to, uh, <clears throat> you know, play that option correctly. I I, I, I pick Texas to win, too, by I mean, about 10. Yeah,
1: well, the, 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 whether it's inside the 16 or outside of it, if Texas covers it, it'll really be, to, for me, to predicate it on the, the start of the game. Uh, if Kansas comes out in their script, right, their scripted plays, the things that they've been working on all week where they feel like they can really attack Texas and create some things uh and and you know land some bombs, right? Land some haymakers, uh, you know, get some points on the board. I think this can be a really good game into the second half where kind of Texas just pulls away and wins the ball game because of their superior depth and uh, this defense for Texas, I think is outstanding. If they if Kansas isn't able to land some points early and Texas does like they did to Baylor last week, and look, Baylor was—I I, I said all last week—I don't understand why the line was only fourteen. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, this have you watched Baylor, have you guys watched Baylor? Baylor's bad. Uh, Texas is good. This is—they're going to run away with this game. And of course, they covered by—you know—a thirty-two point—you know—game. Uh, this one feels right about there. And—and because and, I do think Kansas is legitimate, I do think they're more physical. We'll hear Sark all, all on all those topics because I—I do, do agree with you with Catalan because you know you realize Jalen Catalan, the transfer from from Arkansas hasn't played forty percent of the snaps this year. Uh he the only defensive player for Texas in our what the facts that has played over 75% of the snaps this year is Jalen Ford. Uh he's on the field the most by far. He's your best defensive player, but they rotate everybody else. You wonder if that was, you know, to prime for, for now, because these next two weeks against two ranked teams, both undefeated, um, you know, just it does feel like a Catalan game. It's obviously a Jalen Ford and David Benda game where you've got to really be disciplined. You heard Sark say. We'll hear him saying it coming up in the headlines. You got to be, you got to be eye. You got to be good with your eyes. You can't get caught up in the eye candy and the motions and everything that's happening. You have to play your assignment because this is one of those option-based teams. It's a spread option. They spread yep. you out and then go with tempo, and they go option with two good running backs and then a running quarterback who can also throw. So it it stresses you in a lot of ways, and you can't get caught up not doing your job because you can have ten guys do it right and one guy doesn't, and you're giving up a big play right there.
0: Um, I've heard this, and it may may have been Rod Babers that said this, but somebody in the past year said the thing about a dual threat team like, like Kansas is, all you have to do is take away one thing. I mean, that's the deal is if you, if you can take away one of their two options, and that would you be have a huge leg up. And in this case, Catalan is great against the run. The defensive line for Texas is so much better. Uh, and and I, I, I expect them to shut down the run. That's, well, that, that, if I had to guess what was going to happen, I think, I think Kansas is going to have trouble running the ball. Well, and think about it. The Jayhawks beat BYU last week 38-27.
1: Um, but two of their touchdowns came defensively. Defense, yeah. Yeah. That was only 24 points from their offense. Jalen Daniels was only 14 of 19 for 130 yards. He had 54. BYU did a pretty good job, and BYU had just beaten Arkansas the previous week. So... Uh, this that BYU tape will be a good sample of, of of what to do, and I agree with you. If you have a two dimensional team, make them one dimensional yeah. and see if they can beat you. And I think Texas that plays right into Texas's strength because their run defense is outstanding. Uh, all right, let's get to the top of the hour. We come back, we'll reset those headlines, including get an update on the Ryder Cup. It's not going well for the Stars and Stripes in Rome. That's safe to say it was a overnight Roman romper room for uh, <laughs> the Euros. Uh, we'll get that also. More on the Longhorns. Steve Sarkeesian will go behind that burnt orange curtain for the first time and take a deep dive into the horns and what Sark had to say yesterday about everything we just talked about. Dealing with Jalen Daniels. Uh, the defense. Keys on defense. Also, uh, you know, getting you know not overlooking this game. No trap games here. we got to look forward. No looking forward to Oklahoma. We'll hear all those things coming from Sark on the other side. It's a Friday. The weekend is here. Glad you're with us. It's one hour down of five here on Hook'em Up. With Ian Rodby, Monty Williams in the house this morning. Ty Henderson is here. Glad you're here as well.